Hello and welcome to the Dynamo Faithful Podcast, your spot for everything Dynamo. With me today is Kyle. Hello. Annie. Hey And Jake. Let's do this. We'll be discussing the tale of two halves that was the Orlando match. We'll look into the latest in transfer rumors and team up with the friendly neighborhood Dynabot to predict the future against the Chicago Fire. Let's get to it. All right, so it was a bit of a rough match the other day when we played Orlando. 2-1 loss in their house, not ours. But kind of started off really interesting with a funny lineup setup and Kyle I want to get your thoughts on that to start sure yeah so I followed um some of the pregame I wasn't going to be able to watch this game uh anniversary dinner with my with my wife so Ooh. that trumped that trumped it away game against Orlando unfortunately but uh yeah weird lineup man like this this is going to be one of my main talking points tonight in, in reviewing this game but we have got to get a consistent 11 on this field. You know, I, I know it's our rebuild season under Paolo. We're working out a lot of tactics and interesting things. And man, like I would love to see maybe some of the same players take the field week in and week out just to develop some chemistry and consistency. So, you know, some some of the highlights from the 11, uh, we had Beto Avila on the field. We had Corey Baird on the field. My God, what is happening? Sevis was back. Thank the good Lord. Um, our midfield, I think, was consistent as of late, except we saw Ethan Bartlow take on a bit of that defensive mid role. However, I didn't really watch the game, so I'll let you guys tell me, did he play a defensive mid? Did he play as a third center back? I don't really have any idea. I'm, I'm all ears for how this game went, so feel free to clue me in. It was kind of I a mixture that- of both, wouldn't you say, Manny? I was about to say, I think the answer to that question is yes. Uh, <laughs> he he was definitely in the defensive mid and then sometimes backed up into that last man uh, three, essentially, uh, as, a, as a bit of a sweeper, which is funny because we actually did see a bit of that at the uh, Charities, Charities Cup game uh, where he would sometimes be um, up at midfield and be the last man like at the midfield line and then have the two defenders behind him. And then sometimes he was the last man back. And so it was kind of a pivot between being a defensive mid and being the center of a back three, um, which was, was interesting to see. And I honestly thought he did uh, pretty good um, considering it's not something that is technically his starting position. Um, You know, when he, at the charities match, not that it was a real game, but he got man of the match. And I thought that he actually did pretty decently uh, this game. Obviously, the scoreline might not reflect that so much, uh, but he had some nice passes out, and um, I uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him there again. Uh, but I also do would like to see consist- some consistency, like you mentioned, Kyle. So does that answer your question, Kyle? Uh, yeah, maybe. My my question though is, <laughs> as a guy who didn't watch the game, so I don't really know how it went. Matias Vera has played that role all year. Are, did he and Bartlow do the same thing in this game? Did they did they play well like together? What what happened in this game with both of them essentially playing the same position? Somebody Jake, tell go me. ahead and answer that. I'm desperate to know. Vera definitely looked like he was playing more of an eight than he normally plays this game. And to his credit, he he did better than I would have thought he would do. He connected a hundred percent of his passes, which is remarkable for any dynamo player in any situation ever. Uh, he he was, you know, still Matias Vera, still very feisty in defense, perhaps too feisty. 
sliding into the back of people, picking up yellows that are completely unnecessary when you can just keep the play in front of you, which I think the entire Dynamo team could hear. Maybe from Paulo, maybe from this podcast, maybe from every fan on Twitter. We don't need to be getting all of these yellows. Uh, but, you know, Vera pushed up on the field more, played more of an eight, which may have been uh, one of the culprits of our low expected goals this game. We got some shots off, but we didn't really make any great chances. And that's going to happen when you don't have uh, Coco Karski on the pitch. When when you have Vera move up to take that spot because he has COVID and is suspended from yellow cards, which keep coming up in this pod and will keep coming up in Dynamo games, apparently. Uh, but yeah, when you have Vera plugging in in that eight role, it's going to be more difficult to create. And uh, Jake, what were your thoughts on the lineup? I mean, I'll echo what Kyle said. I would love to see uh, some consistency, but I would also like to say that no one has really earned uh, those spots, right? Like, I would like to see someone demand consistency from our coach, but our wingers in particular have not, no one's won those spots. So people get a, a run of three games and and our coach says, well, you know, they didn't play particularly well. So I guess we'll, we'll, you know, give Beto a chance. And Beto is, is young. He's, I think he shows promise, but he, he also is not proving to be the solution. So in a roster where you don't have a solution to the problem that you have, you're going to see more experimentation with the, with the roster. And I think that that is partially on the coach, but I think partially it's on the players for not seizing their chances. I hear that. Uh, Manny. I agree that no one has really uh, demanded a starting position, maybe other than Sebas, because, you know, he's a striker and he's putting away goals. So like, yep, Mm -hmm. obviously starting, but, uh, and I agree with, I agree with experimenting. What I don't agree with is that I feel like there are players that are demanding not to be played (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um, Baird being one of those guys sure. and somehow still getting a starting call like that. That makes no sense to me. So, yeah, maybe none demanding to start. But I feel like there are definitely ones that have demanded to not be starting and still getting more picked. time on the pine. I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to defend mild butter. He did just break his duck. So maybe Nagamura is hoping that that would give him a little bit more comfort in the front and that. I don't think that happened. I think we saw in this game that he still looked a little uncomfortable in the final third. But honestly, who didn't look uncomfortable in the final third in this game? It felt like everybody was kind of losing their heads, except Sevis, who scored a great header. But other than that, but even even most of his time in the box, it looked like he was confused as what to do next. So, But back to the lineup, I kind of like that. Nagamura is still shifting around. I look at this as kind of an experiment season, right? We've got a lot of players on the roster that he can tinker with and move around in some spots or other. And he knows that Hector Herrera is coming in and he knows that that's going to tinker his lineup some more, right? He's got to figure out which midfielders are going to be the ones to really play. And I'm, my money is for Coco and Hector. And then you've got DQ up in front of them and you've got, I don't know, wingers i don't care you can put anybody out there i don't think anything changes there and sevis up top and then the four behind so which i still think parker hadebi zeka and lundy are our best bets y'all might think griffin dorsey who i can't remember the last time dorsey was on the field so take that i win the zeka dorsey war you won a battle since i don't know if you've won the war yet (laughs) i guess season's not over Uh, that said, the first half really did look like the guys that had three weeks off. Wouldn't y'all agree, Manny? 
I mean, it looked like they had three weeks off and didn't train during the full three weeks. Like, you, you know, I think uh, producer Ian brought this up during the pod that you expected having that much rest and that much time to game plan that our manager would have just nailed that down into their brains saying, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to play. We have three weeks to train for it. Like, let's do it. And I had mentioned, you know, that we saw some of that Bartlow, for example, play a little bit of that that same position in the Charities Cup. So it did look like we used that Charities Cup game to kind of prep for this game a little bit and yeah. how positionally. But the players that we had starting in that game, not the same ones we had starting for this this game against Orlando. Um, and so I, I kind of wish, looking back, that we would have used that game to prepare more for an actual game that meant something instead of just getting kids to play that weren't going to do anything anyway, apparently. Um, I was glad to see those kids play when we watched the charities game, but in the long run, it it didn't help us. Like, well, I don't say long run in the next run. It didn't help us (laughs) in the Um, short term. Like, yeah, there you go. Uh, And so I was just kind of taken aback, especially by that first half of how, unprepared we looked really um, with so much time off yeah very sloppy first half and that was the more aggressive of the two halves that's where most of our cards uh, were given I think we can go ahead and talk about that aggressiveness Jake you mentioned um, an unnecessary uh, tackle from behind by Vera it seemed like there was a lot of things happening that happening that were not necessary in this match were you able to uh, so you watched the first half, right, Jack? You watched the whole oh, game? Oh, absolutely. Uh, very unfortunately, I watched the first half, yes. <laughs> so I suffered ahead. through the first half, I think is the best way to put it. Yeah, so I don't mind a yellow card for, you know, going into a tackle. And, you know, I, I'll take some yellows, right? I'll, as a team, I'll take some yellows. I'm not sure under any circumstance I'm okay with five yellows in the first 45 minutes of the game. That shows poor decision-making across the board. But these weren't even all tackles that were like, you know, you went in a little too hard, like you were being aggressive and and something went wrong. No, some of these were outlandishly foolish. Uh, Beto Avila, I don't want to dog him too much. He's young. He's getting used to the league. But his yellow card was for kicking a ball away to to prevent a quick restart. Right. MLS uh, pro referees have been clear. Any delay of game, any slowing the game down is going to be a yellow card. So he kicks that ball away. It's a yellow card. And here's what what kills me is that there was no danger from a quick restart there. We had numbers behind the ball. It wasn't a particularly dangerous part of the field. He didn't have to do it at all. Right. So that's a yellow card. Absolutely unnecessary. Uh, Vera's slide from behind. Right. That again, that's not there's no point in going sliding into someone who clearly has the ball shielded away from you directly in front of the referee, right? You're not going to win the ball. And again, keep the play in front of you there, right? You don't need to commit yourself forward and then leave space behind. We see the same thing in the 44th minute with teenage, a yellow for time wasting, right? It's a throw in. He picks up the ball. He he carries it over kind of slowly. And then he tosses it, uh, tosses it to the Orlando player so they can start their throw in. And all of that might have been fine. It was it was sort of borderline with how slow he was moving, clearly walking it over. But he tosses it like eight, nine, ten feet in the air for no reason. And the ref is just like, I mean, yeah, I, I'm going to give you a yellow card for 
for all of that? Why did you do any of it, let alone all of it? Of those five yellows in the first, Lundy's was poor decision-making, but that was aggressive. Uh, and Zekka's, I, I think it was dangerous. He had his eyes on the ball. He went up uh, for a header, didn't see someone, and, and went right into his back. Definitely yeah. a yellow card, but that's one, right? The Lundy one, not the best decision-making. The Zeka one, that's a yellow. That's going to happen. Those two I'm not that upset about. If those were the only two yellow cards we got that half, that would be a good return from the way we played because we played sloppy enough that we were lucky to have five yellows in the first half. We were lucky it wasn't eight. I don't know how Mimo got out of that half without a yellow card. Everyone was playing not aggressive, but sloppy, right? They were playing sloppy. They weren't defending well, and they were making up for for poor defensive positioning and poor defensive timing with bad tackles, with lunging your foot out and, and taking someone's ankle, right? That kind of stuff that's not just being poor disciplined, but that is, it's, it's a poor excuse for aggression, right? Mm-hmm. And, and again, I think it comes back to that first half. They looked like they took three weeks off, right? Yeah. They looked, it was not three weeks off of games, three weeks off of practice, Right. It looked like they were chilling in their lazy boy eating Cheetos for three weeks, watching those international matches just like we were. And it was really, really frustrating to see that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm here for aggression. I've I banged that drum all season and I'm I'm probably gonna bang it forever. In any game, there's a team that's that's more aggressive and a team that has to cope with that. So be the more aggressive one. But for the love of all things good and holy, make decent decisions, at least decent. That'll preach. That'll preach, Jake. So what I'm hearing, just to wrap that up, is you're glad that we're aggressive, but that was not aggressive. That was sloppy. That was poor. Absolutely. I I think I agree with that 100%. It definitely looked like the boys hadn't practiced at all, which we know isn't true because we saw Bartlow play that same role in the Charities Cup match when we were there. Uh, So... I I think Kyle and Manny agree that the five yellows in the first half was just outrageous, outrageously poor soccer on their part. So we're going to move forward to the second half that was just a little bit better. Seb has scored an awesome header. We talked about that Beautiful. on Dyna Bros. Kyle, DQ came on in the second half, and he changed the game for us, I felt like. I felt like we were moving forward. I felt like we looked dangerous. Do you guys know that we had more possession in this game? It didn't feel like it mm-hmm. when I was yeah, watching the game. Should DQ have started this game? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, something that we've talked about on here before, and I know lots of Dynamo fans are discussing, is can DQ and Sebus play together? And if they do, where is the best position for DQ to play? Sebus is clearly playing as the nine. He's playing the striker. Right. Is DQ going to be his like buddy striker up there? Is he going to be his shadow running around? Is he going to play on the wing or is he going to play like a true attacking mid that we need on the field to direct our attack? And uh, I mean, you guys can tell me I didn't I didn't get to watch the game, so I don't know what he ended up doing. I saw his bike at the end of the game, which uh, I don't know, boys. I, that line was really freaking close to me. So uh, don't, I don't get know. me started. Uh, yeah, so I, I heard I heard it on Dyna Bros. It sounded uh, it sounded a bit rough, but I think DQ and Sebus have worked out from what I can tell their kinks from the early part of the season where they played right on top of each other. And I think we've got to get the two of them on the field. I know there's questions on DQ's fitness, whether or not he can play at this point a full half of soccer. But 
if Sebas is going to keep putting putting the ball in the net from all over the pitch, I think we got to keep DQ out there to help create. And as we know, Sebas can score. We know he can take it from across. He can shoot it, but we have really nobody else that's helping. So I, I think he's got to be on the field. And from what I can tell, you mentioned it, Siski. Yeah, we're 54 to 46% possession. We're beating them there. We have more passes. We didn't have as many shots on target. That's kind of our consistent theme. Yeah. But I think DQ is showing that he still has a part to play in this team, at least until we uh, we figure out what to do with our wingers. He's also our number two goal scorer. And when you've only got two people who are really scoring goals, I don't know how one of them doesn't play half the game. Manny? Yeah, so, you know, kind of to answer Kyle's question, he was asking, like, he didn't really get to see that too much of the second half outside of highlights. Like, how did they play together? Uh, they played really well together. I thought. I, I thought. You know, we, earlier in the season, we mentioned how how it felt like DQ and Sebas were like just on top of each other a lot. With basically even their runs were like running into each other into the same spot. It, it did not feel like that in this second half of of the game. They felt like that they were all playing together um, after those subs were made. Um, you know, DQ, I think he had a passing rating of uh, like 81%. So not, not, you know, not super great, but not not bad. He was getting his passes off um, and he was making things click. And basically, anytime we were pushing forward, it, it felt like DQ was part of that. Like anytime we had made a good move forward after he got subbed on, it felt like he was at least part of the buildup, making a key pass or at least pulling players out of the way to get a ball into the box so uh, to answer Kyle's question, I, I think that that yeah, I think in this game they they did figure something out, and you know we haven't got to see them um, play together for a little while at this point, I think. But maybe that is something that they did get to work on in training, <laughs> even with Sebas out in uh, South Korea. Um, but like uh, they they seem to work pretty well um, once he got on. Like I. I would love to see that. And, you know, DQ probably can't go full full 90 at this time. But start him, put him out at the 60, and then Pasher is, like, ultimate power sub right now. Like, he's yeah. he is super sub extraordinaire. So mm-hmm. at, at 60, 60 minutes, 65 minutes, go ahead, sub DQ out, bring on Pasher. Um, you know, there have to be a little bit, bit more rearranging there. I know they're not necessarily like for like. But, like, Pasher at tired legs is the best Pasher, like so, yeah. um, mm-hmm. I'm about starting DQ and Sebas together. There, I feel like they do uh, have some gelling going on that we might not have seen earlier in the season, but that's what I'm about right now. So, yes, and with DQ on the pitch and Sebas on the pitch, that's that's my favorite thing. And I I just I need to figure them to figure it out. I need that to happen uh, because, like I said, there are two goal scorers. So. Jake, what else you got for us on this game, man? Sure. We're we're really banging the drum of that second half, which we did look better. We dominated possession that second half. But across this entire game, entire game, we had 0.6 expected goals. Now, I know expected goals, people don't like hearing about them, all that jazz. It's a measurement of the quality of chances you're creating, right? The expected goals in this game was 3.1 to Orlando to 0.6 to Houston. I don't care what 
the the possession or the passes look like when we're not creating quality chances, right? The shots that we're taking are outside of the box. They're low probability shots, uh, maybe just barely inside the box. Those shots in the box statistic for us are typically like right inside the box and outside of the goal, right? Those are low probability, low chance shots that we're, that we're taking. What creation we have is that. And it is a marvel of human athleticism that we have a striker on six goals in the MLS right now. He has 2.6 expected goals. That means the chances we're creating for him are doo-doo chances, right? They're not good. They're, they're bad. And he's still making it happen. He's like, what, am I in my own half? I guess I'll have to score a goal because no one else is going to do it. What, are you getting me a weird cross and I'm in traffic and I'm moving away from goal? Fine. I will take this like 2% probability of a goal and I will put it, slot it right in that bottom corner because I'm the man. And then on the flip side, the chances that we're giving up, I said this about our last game and I have to say it very unfortunately, again, they're right in front of our goal and they're sloppy, sloppy, sloppy stuff. Uh, the second goal in particular comes to mind. A cross comes in, and, and we we kind of handle the cross at first, right? So, so the you know the first cross in we deal with, but Lundy's ball watching, and Memo is I, I, maybe his legs had already fallen off in the 58th minute because he's slow getting back, and so there are two guys just chilling unmarked in the box. Uh, Pereira free takes a blast of a shot. Kara uh, knows nothing about it. It glances off of his leg and it goes in, but that he's taking shots from right. Kara didn't even have anyone on him, yeah. right? There was no one marking Kara to make sure that he couldn't put that ball in, that he, he wasn't going to get that deflection. So I would like to see us return a little bit to the, the tidiness that we saw early on in the season. These past two games have been killing me with what chances we're giving away versus what chances we're, we're manufacturing for ourselves. Yeah. And, I got to say, I get most nervous with the Dynamo when teams start to really push us and, and start to go on the attack because I feel like we're not great at absorbing pressure. They take yeah. a shot, we send it right back out to one of their players. We might save one or two, but I just feel like the number of chances or turns with the ball that we give the other team right in front of our box is just, to me, that's that's a big weakness because I think Parker's great. I think most nights Hadebi's great. He wasn't this game but i think that normally they're great but when you are giving them 50 chances at breaking you down at getting across and at taking a shot eventually something's going to get through and steve clark the man's great but uh foot mob had his rating at 6.2 probably because he gave up two goals but he also probably saved three or four goals in the beginning the first half because of failed defensive strategy or whatever so yeah, once again, kept us in the game for sure. Yeah. So that is what makes me most nervous. And just to your point on the XG, I had to ask our producer, Ian, like how the heck Sevis's goal wasn't worth any XG. And apparently, like you said, doo-doo chances. That's a that's yeah. a very hard goal to score. Makes Sevis that much better. His XG mm-hmm. is super small and his goals are super big. That's Consistently like, outperforming awesome. that XG. He, dude can ball. That's pretty wild. Manny, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, could you imagine if we had someone like on the outside who could create chances for him regularly? Like, I don't know. I heard Carlos Vela's trying to get out of LA, so that would be fun. 
Oh, that would be so sick if we could get him into uh, into Houston. Wow, man! I think- yeah, him and him and that Linez kid. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, I think I think you guys have said it all. Let's move on to some general news and talk about some transfers that might be happening. I think we might have a player on the outs. Jake, did you hear about that? Yeah, so there were there were reports that teams in Mexico were interested in Fafa, which you know, listen, he had a banner year last year, scored what eleven goals, had had a few assists as well. So sure, I understand a team you know maybe having some interest, but I feel like we all brushed it aside. We're like, I just don't see it happening. He's here. He's you know we quite frankly, I feel like we need him right now. Pat Onstat went on Glenn Davis's Soccer Matters, the premier soccer show in Houston. We love you, Glenn. You've paved the way. Uh, And Pat Onstad said like, hey, quote, he said this. I saw that tweet too. That was news to me. So I'm like, okay, rumor squashed. Rumor squashed. It's over. But then Fava doesn't even travel to Orlando to play. And, and we'll throw some credit to keeping tabs for this. He's out here doing the research. He unfollowed the Dynamo on social media. Mm-hmm. Things are starting to look pretty suspicious, boys. I, it, it's starting nail, to look like Papa the coffin might right be, there. might be, he, he might be gone. He might, he might be out of here. Yeah, I think he might want to go. Telltale sign in, in the modern digital age is once you unfollow on social media, it's like you broke up it's with over. your middle school girlfriend over the <laughs> internet. Like that's, <laughs> yep. Now everybody knows. Yeah, the Dynamo are no longer in Fafa's top five friends, huh? No. <laughs> Throwback. Manny, what does this Way team back. look like without Fafa if he go- if he does go? Do you think that's a problem? I mean, if your game plan is to, which I don't think we've seen maybe in a little while, if your game plan is to kick the ball over the top and have somebody really fast try to get there and you know do something with it in the final third, then... Maybe there is a problem with losing Fafa because that's was kind of the the plan with him on the pitch. Um, it's like he's really fast, so if we you know jump over the the middle third of the, the pitch and get it to him over there, maybe he'll do something at the top. But generally, that was not the case. He would make a wrong decision or lose the ball, so it didn't really matter anyway. Like most of our wingers, put someone else in, take someone else out. Does it really make that big of a difference right now? Probably not. Um, so that's, and that's the hope what's is, interesting to me is it <laughs> like now's not the time to go. You're not. I don't. I don't understand. Like it said, like some teams are watching him. If I've been watching him too, I'm not impressed. <laughs> what do they? Why do they want him? <laughs> I mean, I, like like Jake mentioned, like last year was a good year for him. He had what ten or eleven goals, like Jake said. And I'm actually surprised that at his age and with that kind of banner year that we didn't try to do something before, or maybe we did and nothing really hit. Um, so now that the window's opening back up, if teams in Mexico want him, let's see what we can get for him. Sure. You know, hopefully that opens up a spot for us to be able to do something else. Uh, we don't have any, any international spots, so it has to be someone who's, um, you know, has, has a green card or a U.S. citizen to be able to fill that spot. But does Carlos Vela have a green card? I actually heard he does. I believe he does. Okay. I'll stop. You, you guys keep going. I mean, interrupt. I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> oh, Jake, what do you think? What do you think? Get in here. Man, I just want to <laughs> echo what Manny's saying. It's, and I don't want to take anything away from Fafa. I do think he's the best winger we have on the team right now. And and uh, I don't know if 
you want to say that that is a statement about our our wingers and their quality, or if it's a statement about Fafa and his quality. But he's 31. He is currently on his option year, right? So if we can get a transfer fee for him right now, that's incredible business. Yeah. Right. Any sort of transfer fee to us, that's going to give us uh, we can convert that into GAM. We can use that GAM plus the six hundred thousand dollars a year he's making of cap space. And we can turn that around and get somebody who can help us on the wing a little bit more. So I'm excited to see what comes of this. Um, I'm worried that we're going to use that spot to get that uh, Honduran kid that we talked about in our last episode. I like the guy. I think maybe he can be something. But like we said last week, I would love to see if we're going to get rid of our most proven striker or sorry, our most proven winger that we bring in someone who is a bit more proven in chance creation in quality leagues like MLS or or higher quality leagues like Spain. I would love for that to happen. And before we uh, leave uh, Fafa behind, I would be remiss if I didn't ask Kyle would now be the time to get a Fafa jersey? <laughs> I don't think now would be the time. Um, as I mentioned earlier, um, my my wife uh, celebrated anniversary. She, she wanted to gift me a really nice gift, and she worked with Manny, actually, to help hook this up. And she was like, hey, I want to get you a Dynamo jersey. And uh, I could only remember one player, and it was Fafa. And I was like, hey, maybe uh, don't buy that just yet. <laughs> Which I felt bad because I, I kind of like Fafa, but I'm also not like overly sad to see him leaving. So I, I do have to say it kind of stinks that his breakout career year was one of the worst of the Dynamo's history. Yeah. <laughs> what a time to score 11 goals, right? Manny? I do want to say for the record, I told uh, his wife to not get anybody's name on the jersey right now because I don't think there's a player that he loves enough to actually put on a kit currently. So that was my Hector advice. Herrera. I don't know if I can. We need to see him play first. We need to see him play first. Come on. Um, I think we've seen him play time and time again. I think he's gonna be in orange. We need to see him play in <laughs> orange first. Let's get it together, Sinski. Um, that's fair. That's fair. I think he's going to be great for us, and nothing you can say can stop me from believing that until he's not great for us. Um, so I've already seen him play in my head in orange a hundred thousand times, and every time. <laughs> It's a choke slam to one of their uh, offensive <laughs> players, a hook back up to our players. But it's okay because we don't get a red card for it. It's fine. That's right. Yeah. I'm here for the hype. I'm here for the hype. I'm I'm not I'm not against it for sure. I just want to see him play before I get his name on the back of a kit for an extra forty five dollars to put it there. You know what I mean? What's four or five dollars? So no, forty five dollars. <laughs> All right. Um, this is kind of dynamo adjacent in terms of transfer news. Uh, Kyle, did you hear that uh, Minotas might be going to Atlas? That's a pretty big uh, move for him. I think they won uh, Liga MX last year or something. Yeah, that's what I hear. Um, good for him, man. I, I don't know. You know, personally, I feel like it's less good of a move because I just kind of wanted to see him back in the MLS just because I would then have more chances to watch him play. I love watching Mauro Minotas play. Um, but this is also nice if he goes there, cause then we would not have to see him score on us. So, right. you know, bit of a silver lining for us as dynamo fans, but yeah, I think it's a great move for him. Um, obviously going to a title winning side and, um, if he's clearly wanted getting minutes, 
has a chance to bag some goals. Like that's great for him in his career. Um, as we've said on the, you know, several episodes back, we love the guy. Um, we, we have started seeing some rumors at Watford over in the, uh, across the pond in the premier league, they've been relegated. So no longer in the premier league, sad for them, but one of their players has been linked to Columbus crew. So potentially they're snubbing Mauro for this guy that just got relegated. So not sure if it's a real upgrade or not, but, uh, <laughs> we'll see what, ha- we'll see what plays out. Relegated from one of the arguably the best league in the world. I, I think it might be an upgrade. I think that signing is just one of those marquee signings that kind of shows the growth that the MLS is having. We're about to pull in a guy who, yeah, technically would be playing in the championship next season, but was in the Premier League this year. Isn't isn't like at the end of his career or anything and is choosing or potentially choosing to come play in the States. I think that's a that's a big, big. deal signing. He yeah, chose Columbus. I mean, the league must be growing, am I right? <laughs> There's nothing there, so hopefully he really enjoys soccer. That's I gotta a, say, I, I gotta say, I've been to Columbus. It's actually an underrated city. It's pretty cool. But that's where the USMNT always plays is in Ohio, right? Isn't Columbus in Ohio? So he's just going to the center of American soccer. That's what he's doing, right? And yeah, unless it's the, a World Cup. Then Ohio doesn't get anything. Yeah, snubbed. Oh, snubbed. snap. Bummer, Cincy. So, World Cup news, huh? Yeah, that's a big deal. Did y'all see that Houston's going to be in the World Cup? What does that do for you, Kyle? Uh, man, I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully the Dynamo can get it together by then and we can see them playing in the World Cup in a few years. Uh, we're, talking about the, we're talking about the Texas World Cup, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that one. The one, where, the one where all the Texas teams play each other. <laughs> well, I correct. was meaning the uh, the World World Cup. Oh, the bigger yeah. one, the yeah, the yeah, real yeah. big one, the actual one. Yes. No. I. Um, yeah, man. I, I don't know how anybody hasn't had that news yet, but I about lost um, every fluid in my body when they went from announcing Dallas as a host city, and then they <laughs> went straight yeah. to Atlanta as a host city. I I nearly died on my couch, and then they brought me right back to life, announcing Houston, and I leapt off of my couch, grabbed my son, threw him up in the air, almost hit his head on the fan. It was a really big moment <laughs> in our household, and I, uh, yeah, I celebrated like I haven't in a long time, and I'm just absolutely pumped out of my mind for the World Cup to be in the States and in Houston, in our city, so big, big day for us. Manny, what was your reaction? Oh, man. So I was actually in a meeting when the announcements were happening and I wanted to watch it live, but uh, I didn't get a C until I hopped on my phone and, you know, everyone in the text group had started talking and I saw Houston listed there. And I I, I was at a coffee shop uh, because my internet went out and I could have punched a hole in the freaking wall in front of me. I was so pumped. I, I got in my car and I left and I called Kyle and I was like, bro, I was like, we got it. We freaking got it. I was I was elated. It's just like for for us, it's like happening in part of the best time of our life to happen in the states. I feel like it's like it's happening at a time where like I could probably so the way the way it works, if I remember correctly, is you have to get into a lottery to actually be able to have the chance to buy tickets if you don't want to buy them off the secondhand market. So, but it's happening at a time where like 
I could probably afford to get actual tickets to go, and I'll remember. You get it, it Manny. You're rich. <laughs> yes, faithful. You heard it correctly. He holds meetings Jeez. in coffee shops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? About, about time. We, it's about time we got a, a Manny drop on his, on his financial status here. <laughs> I heard. I heard he owns the coffee shop. It's part of his his uh, investment portfolio. Only only ten percent. Only ten percent of the coffee shop. Um, yeah, but it's true. Starbucks. None of, that, none of this is true, so, listeners. None of this is true. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah. And like our, our kids, Kyle and I both have sons, like they'll be around the right age. To like actually remember going, if we get to take them, it was just like, it's happening at such a great time. And I was, I'm just super excited. Um, I can't wait for it to happen. I remember in 94 when it was in the United States and like, I remember bits and pieces and it's just like, I don't remember enough of that. And I want to have that actual memory in my head of like, I remember when it was in the United States. I remember the opening ceremonies. I remember that these were the games played in Houston, and I was at XYZ game. Like, I don't even care who's playing in Houston, what teams that they are. I'm, I want to go. Like, I want to be there. I want to be a part of all of it. Absolutely. I was standing outside of an O'Reilly's holding a car battery and waiting for my wife to come around because the baby was crying in the car, so she drove off without me. So... <laughs> I'm sure you're I'm sure all of you have better stories than I do. Jake, what was yours? I, I was in Orlando at, at Universal. So I was I was in Harry Potter World. Mm. You were in a whole nother Jealous. world. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty dope. It was. If you it haven't was been cool. to the Harry Potter World in uh, Universal Orlando st- Studios, they do not sponsor us, but go anyways. Pretty great. <laughs> but if they want to, we would uh, take uh, their money. That's the sponsorship yes, Universal we should be going for. And uh, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. We would love your sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> the official uh, the official entertainment resort of the Houston Dynamo podcast, Dynamo Faithful. Doesn't that roll off the tongue? <laughs> right off the tongue. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so that's going to wrap up most of the general news that we have for you guys. And now it's time to look at our uh, next opponents. The Chicago Fire. They their fire has just about burned out. They're last <laughs> in the East. Their big <laughs> signings haven't really like worked. I think they got Shakira. Oh wait, no, Shakiri. And <laughs> yeah, after the breakup with Barcelona, I think Chicago. <laughs> yeah, uh, had to come. Yeah. She had to. PK ruined <laughs> that relationship, so Shakira was looking for a new team. And uh, well, yeah. well, I think Sha- Shakiri's li- hips were lying because they are not doing very well. Uh, do we stand a chance against them, Manny? Uh, I, I think we do, but I also thought we could beat Orlando last week. So who knows? Who who knows what I know? I don't know anything apparently. So I, yeah, you know, bottom of the bottom of the East, um, Shakiri with he is leading their team with three goals and three assists. But it's probably not quite the impact they wanted. Uh, I assume they probably wanted a little bit more from at this point. Um, I don't believe, you know, when he played when he played in the EPL, he was uh, a winger. I think he's still playing wing for for Chicago. I don't think he's playing like a center striker or anything like that. But um, yeah, they are not uh, not super great, and I think we have a chance of definitely bringing home some uh, some points here. I, for one, am curious what them bringing in Shakiri is going to do for the Chicago Fire's chances in the World Cup since we're playing in the States <laughs> in 2026. <laughs> <laughs> It'll never not be funny. 
<laughs> I agree. I think that's one of the funniest <laughs> things ever. Funniest question. I mean, maybe if they still had Schweinsteiger, they would have a chance. But <laughs> it's going to be rough now that Schweinsteiger is gone. Jake, um, you got anything for me on the Chicago Fire matchup? What can Houston do well there? I mean, I tell you what they can they can do well. They can stop giving up chances right in front of our goal. Because at, at this point, you guys are all talking about like, oh, they're last, right? They're not the Chicago Fire. They're the Chicago Extinguished. Okay, but at this point, the Dynamo can lose to anyone. It doesn't. You don't have to be good. All we have to do is like not cover a rebound from across, and it can dink into the goal. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to be playing at home. I'm excited to go and and lose all of the water weight that I'm carrying, sweating at that stadium. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be great for my weight loss regimen. Um, but. Yeah, we we have to clean it up. We absolutely 100% have to clean it up. But a win, Kyle, is going to put us back in playoff uh, contention. Do you think we've got a chance against the worst team in the East? Uh, Yeah, we've got we've always got a chance, Sinski, man. (laughs) Now, whether or not we will uh, live up to that, we'll see. Yeah, uh, I you know, my big thing on the last episode about our, you know, our check this part through the season What's positive? What's my biggest takeaway? We were in a playoff position. Sadly, we are no longer in a playoff position. But hey, we got plenty of games to go in the season. We're only, you know, three points out of a spot back in playoff contention. Um, We got a game in hand on Vancouver, which is nice to see. So, But going up at home against Chicago, it's like us traveling over to LA Galaxy. Like, you just don't know what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, we put three goals in the back of the net. Like, there's always a chance that could happen with Chicago coming to our house. I don't want it to. I would love to see us take three points at home, reestablish a little bit of solidarity in this team. Um, we're going up against a team that is in last place, 14 points, pretty weak goal differential, minus six. But they have potentially one of the best keepers in the MLS right now in their on their team. This guy, Gabriel Salina, linked with Chelsea, linked with Real Madrid, linked with potentially the biggest transfer fee out of the MLS at this point. So, you know, it could be tough to beat, but maybe if we're talking about getting Sebas and DQ on the field together, we might see some magic happen. Well, that does make me nervous, Kyle, because we just struggled against a pretty good goalkeeper against Orlando, and this guy sounds like he's really hot stuff. Manny, you had something to add? Yeah, I was just going to double down on on what Kyle was saying about us not really knowing what, what could happen uh, you know, on the on the last episode, I talked about us being so up and down this roller coaster of uh, a good game and a bad game and a good game and a bad game. And uh, one of the things that we uh, hit on before we started recording the night for Dino Bros, uh, producer Ian was saying, you know, one of the the things that make in the EPL one of the things that make a team at the top tier is the fact that they're consistent. They are generally able to consistently put two halves together of a game that are good. And they are consistently able to do that week in and week out. We're not there yet. <laughs> we're a bag of mixed tricks. Like we don't know what we're going to get. Um, we could have a game like we just saw where one half is really good and one half is really bad. We could have a game where the whole thing is bad or we could have a game that the whole thing is really good. Like we're just in this really weird mishmash like just got to hope for the best kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we are not consistent enough to be consistently good. And we're not even consistent enough to be consistently bad. We're we're all over the place. We are all over the place. So 
uh, yeah, who who knows what's gonna happen? Like we could beat this team. We could we on paper we probably should beat Chicago, but who knows? Who knows? You know who does know? Our friendly neighborhood Dinobot. Dinobot, go Uh-oh. ahead and give us your predictions. Dinobot is disappointed that you were unhappy with his previous prediction. Dinobot is glad to provide a happier prediction for Chicago Fire FC at Houston Dynamo. 37% chance Houston Dynamo win. 35% chance Chicago Fire win. 28% chance the two teams draw. Dale, 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 Dynamo, and stay faithful. Dinobot, I like that a lot better than last time. That sounds much better. Next, next time, I expect it to be 100% Dynamo victory, though. And I forgive you. We didn't mean to hurt any feelings. Uh, We were just very surprised by what you predicted last time. Jake, what is your prediction for the Chicago Fire matchup? So my prediction is that uh, apparently Dinobot has feelings now. That's about two shakes away from uh, self-awareness and sentience. And then the robot apocalypse is coming. And I'm deeply, deeply afraid of Dinobot. That's that's my prediction. But uh, I do think that Dinobot had a great point. He, I mean, he split up those chances pretty evenly. It, it seems most, you know, most likely the Dynamo get the win, but really feels like a crapshoot. Uh, even even Dinobot is saying things are pretty even between a win-loss and a draw here. I'm going to go with a 2-1 Dynamo win. Sebus is going to get on the board again from a doo-doo chance set up by someone who didn't know what they were doing. Uh, and we're going to give away a sloppy goal because until Hector Herrera comes in to take that defensive midfield spot, we're, we're going to ship some goals. Okay, Manny, what's your prediction? Uh, I'm going to say we squeak one by one zero even at home one goal Sebus keeps rolling though he's the one that gets it um, uh-huh. I'm uh, I'm not quite sure who the creator is as we mentioned it could be from anywhere at any point from anything happening that no one actually knows about um, so <laughs> that's that's my prediction though one zero we get a win uh, jump back up into a playoff spot hopefully for at least another week and uh, let's just see another day Kyle give me your prediction Sure. So if I remember correctly, I predicted 2-1 for the Orlando game. However, I predicted a Dynamo win. So what I'm going to do today for the home game against Chicago is I'm going to predict a 1-2, but the Dynamo are going to win. So it's going to be (laughs) 2-1. But I'm going to try and switch it up so that I get it right this time. We're not superstitious here at Dynamo Faithful, but we are a little stitious. We are a little stitious. So are you, are you yeah, trying to like confuse the football gods, Kyle? What's happening? Is that, is that <laughs> yeah, what's happening? Listen, I, trying to throw them off? Yeah, we got we to gotta keep everybody on their toes. Clearly things aren't working. Got to try new things. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Nagamura is going to tweak the lineup a little bit. We'll, we'll look at it. And we'll go, what is he thinking? Just like we always do. And then we're going to find out maybe... Maybe he's thinking a little bit further ahead than we are because I think it's going to be a 3-0 victory. The Chicago Fire is a blazing pile of doo-doo right now, and we are going to trash them. We're going to put that fire out, boys, with three mega goals. Sebus with a brace, and you know what? I think Thor is going to come on. Probably on the wing, actually. I don't think he's going to sub in for Sebus. I think he's going to sub in on the wing, and I think he's going to put one away, too. Maybe he'll like do that. 10 or 11 step overs. Who knows? 
3-0 victory. And that is wow, 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 wow. I like that a lot, Sinski. Just going to throw that out there. So positive. Sinski's so positive. I love it. I'm feeling really good. I think the second half of the Orlando game was a really fun match to watch. I could totally forget the first half, and my life, my life would be way better. But I did see it, so oh well. But I think that second half gives us a lot of forward potential, and we're going to take it. Let's go ahead and move on to our fun wrap-up this evening. You know, Hector Herrera came into town, and he visited Pinkerton's Barbecue. You can see it on social media. It's kind of interesting. And that Love had that. us all thinking about our own favorite barbecue places, barbecue dishes. So I wanted to ask each of you guys, what is something you have to try anytime you get to a new barbecue place? Jake, I'm going to start with you. Pulled pork. I didn't have to think about it at all. Pulled pork is wow. the best barbecue. Um, I, I know I'm that shocked. here in Texas, everyone, like you're supposed to say brisket. I'm aware of that. Brisket is <laughs> I mean, like Texas's. It's Texas's guilt food, right? Not like guilty pleasure food. It's like if you go somewhere and someone makes a brisket, you have to say it's good. If you don't say it's the best brisket you've ever had, you've insulted that entire family. And I, for one, am sick of it because brisket is fine, I guess. But pulled pork is chef's kiss. It's so bad pulled pork is okay. And great pulled pork is the best mm. thing I've ever had in my life. Okay. <laughs> Jake's got some Case real opinions on barbecue. Case in point, wow. in the chat right now, producer Ian <laughs> is firing me for my slander of the, the institution of Texas brisket. As he should. As he should. I'm oh not from gosh. here, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, give me give me your uh, the plate that you always try when you go to a new barbecue spot. Yeah, I will. But man, I am I am taken aback right now. However, in kind of a good way because I forget about pulled pork and it is just so good. Brisket can be really bad. Pulled pork is usually pretty good. Uh, but I am gonna say brisket. Uh, I feel like it is the gold standard for barbecue, especially in Texas. And I also really like to try bis- brisket from other places when we travel. You know, if you go to the East Coast or you end up up north or in some weird place. You know, it's fun to try their brisket and see what they do. But I'm also going to throw in in Kansas. Yeah. Why even end up there? And I'm also going to throw in anytime I go to a barbecue place, I always have to try their mac and cheese. That's my that's my other. You know, if they do this well, then they do most things well. If they take if they take care and attention to their mac and cheese. And I just got to say this. If I show up to your barbecue place and I order mac and cheese, and on the menu it doesn't say it has jalapenos in it, and then you serve it to me, and it has jalapenos in it, I send it back. I send it back. back. How many office references can we fit into this? That was great, Kyle. Um, So was it brisket or mac and cheese? I just need you to clarify. It's both. I'm getting a plate of both of them. Okay. That's your side. Mac and cheese on the side. Gotcha. Manny, give me yours. Um, Honestly, if I saw a new barbecue place, it's a bit of everything like i want i want a plate full of all the things you have and i want to try some of all of it but i guess the 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 gold standard for me uh you know if a place has it they don't always have it is if you have a beef rib uh brisket is is obviously amazing but if you have a beef rib on your menu and i haven't been there 
I want to try your beef rib because generally the, I love, I love ribs in general, pork and beef, but the giant beef rib dino, dinosaur rib is sometimes referred to yeah. is amazing if you do it correctly. So the beef rib, that's where I'm headed. If you have it on your menu, and it's my first time there. Uh, I also agree with Kyle. Uh, I got to try at least one or two sides. If you have a side that like I, I don't really see on other menus, that's usually a bonus. Like mac and cheese is great, obviously, but like if you have some kind of, I don't know, some weird Brussels sprout thing and like chili pepper or something like that, I'll, I want to try that. I want to try your your obscure side that no one else has. Those are always a good go-to for me as well. So, You know a, a really obscure side at barbecue places for some godforsaken reason? French fries. French fries seem like a no-brainer <laughs> with barbecue. Why can't so I get French fries when I get bar? It makes me angry. Like half because the time, it's the not only a burger potato toy. I can get is potato salad, and that has like mayonnaise or something. Why? <laughs> why? Bro. Because it's not it's not a burger place, Jake. That's why you're at a no. It's a barbecue place. place, and French fries would be perfect. Go get your fries from a burger place if that's what you're craving. All right, that's what I'm saying. Steak fries. I had a with melted cheese. I had a steak fries. Give it to me. Yep. <laughs> I had potato okay. salad recently from a barbecue place, and it should have been called pickle salad because it was like 80% pickles. <laughs> oh, nasty. That place, got, that place got two thumbs down for me. They also had the jalapeno <laughs> mac and cheese. So, uh, I have to say, I was there Not with Kyle. This, uh, this place, we won't name it because I don't want to put I don't put that out there. It is yep. possibly on the Texas Monthly Top 10, and Kyle and I both, not sure how yep. it happened. Not sure how they got there, but uh, unfortunate, so... Um, we will not well, be accepting sponsorship requests from this place. <laughs> but really, we will. I don't think we're going to get them. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what we're talking about. I'm sure at least two other barbecue places have jalapenos in their macaroni and cheese. Well, for me, this is a tough one, though, guys, because I'm slightly a picky eater. I don't like to try new places. Don't so say. once I had McKinsey's Barbecue in Huntsville, I didn't have any reason to go try any other barbecue place. <laughs> oh, my spoken gosh. In Huntsville. Spoken, spoken like a true United fan here. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I do, I do like barbecue. And if I were to go to a new place, I would probably order a, a plate of sausage and see, like, is their sausage good? And put some barbecue sauce on it, but that's not really going to be the um, the mark for me. Is the sausage? It's going to be the free bowl of beans that I get because McKenzie's in Huntsville <laughs> gives me a free bowl of beans. And if Why any barbecue place I show up in doesn't have a free bowl of beans, I'm walking right back out the door. Oh my it's, goodness! I hate so much about the Dynamo Faithful. Used to be. Dynamo Fable, this is coming from the same guy that says Casole has the best salsa. So just keep that in mind as you listen to him talk about I'm going to start a TikTok where I rank the best things. <laughs> and it's all going to be localized to Huntsville. The best barbecue list. I don't care what it's kind gonna of... It's going to be all Huntsville things. That's all it's going to be. <laughs> all I'm saying is McKenzie's gives me free beans and True Barbecue and HEB does not. So go to McKenzie's. <laughs> Gold and that's about indeed. all the time that we have today here on the Dynamo Faithful Podcast. We're so grateful that you guys listened in. Go ahead and go to your local barbecue shop and ask them for some free beans. We love you. We're grateful for you. <laughs> Stay faithful. Thank you for listening to the Dynamo Faithful Podcast. We are Chris Sinski, Manny Farcier, Christopher Scroggins, Jake Barry, Colin McGuire, Emmett Rumfield, 
and James Franklin. Dynamo Faithful is produced by Ian Gregory Graff with marketing and design from Zach Bellow. Dynabot is powered by predictions from 538 Club Soccer Predictions. Learn more at 538.com. Music provided by Alex Grohl on Pixabay. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dynamo underscore faithful and send your questions to dynamofaithfulpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay faithful. Beep, 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 boop. Does anybody know what Dynabot's <laughs> predictions were? Yeah, it was split. We like had a, a slight it was like advantage 2%. to win. Yeah. It's like 38 um, to 35%. 38%. Uh, 37, 37 Also, Dynabot 35, said yeah. that he was sorry <laughs> that we didn't like the prediction last week. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna when I count. I didn't know that. In, I didn't know that it had feelings. Actually, <laughs> when I count us back in, I'll mention that we accept. I was apology. just starting to love. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like I had beads. more rants per minute in this episode than in any episode <laughs> we've had. It really increased yeah. your, your XR. Jake, what do you think about yeah, anything? Rant. <laughs> Your RPM is definitely up this this uh, episode. I'm going to check it on FB Ref later to see compared to where you are on average, but I'm sure I'm sure you're right.